Hi, I'm Claire Davis from Mental Health Chats, and we're here to encourage people to open up conversations about mental health. I'm Claire Davis for Mental Health Chats, and today I'm very pleased to introduce you to Declan McGann. Hello, Declan. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Um, happy to be here. Happy to help out. Thank you very much for joining us. And Declan is a mental health nurse who has worked in crisis teams. Um, so, Declan, would you like to tell us a little bit about what you do as a mental health nurse in the crisis teams? Oh yeah, um, I suppose what I do is, I suppose it's important to start off that I've had about 10 years experience working within the mental health system in varying um, different kind of areas within the mental health system. Um, but working in the crisis scene, certainly I was exposed to a lot of um, depression and, and people who have attempted to complete suicide. So um, yeah. supporting these individuals, um, is, is very very important and quite passionate about um, and actually it's, it's it's been quite eye quite eye-opening as to how how um, how frequent and common it can be for many people from varying different kind of professions or like all, all walks of life you know it doesn't just you know it's, it's, it's not if you if you have money problems or if you if if you kind of um, uh, being bullied or something like that, it's actually it's, it's it happens to all walks of life. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So we're continuing the topic of suicide, and um, last time we spoke with Sumo Renan about what do we do if we're there and somebody is trying to complete their life. So what mm -hmm. Declan's going to open up the conversation for today is for those people who have attempted suicide and not succeeded, how can we actually support them? So Declan, you've obviously worked with a lot of people in these situations with their families and their friends as well to help them on that road to recovery. So what are some insights on how we could support people who have tried to take their lives and they haven't succeeded? Um, if, if the individual has clinical features of depression so they're not sleeping they're not eating uh, they're not looking after their personal hygiene they're socially isolating you know all these things mm. are very common uh, and very much associated with depression i would say if these aren't being managed very well and actually losing significant you're losing a significant amount of weight yeah you're really not sleeping or you are oversleeping you know um, I would say first point of call is GP. Uh, yeah. you, need, you need to talk to your GP. You need to potentially have that discussion about starting medication um, because medication, there's a place for it. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be uh, dependent on the individual. I wouldn't necessarily say it's the first point of call all of the time. I think sometimes people can access a counsellor and do the psychological element first and actually that that would be enough but when it comes to people who are in crisis who have just attempted to complete suicide i think actually starting medication is probably the most important thing you should do okay yep and so that's going to your gp and how else can we support them not just going to the gp so going to this gp is not going to be a quick fix 
We've still got to live with these people and help these people through their recovery. So how else can we support them? Yeah, and I think focusing on um, support networks. So, you know, that'd be family and friends um, talking about the experience, talking about the individual's experience, um, opening them up, opening up and being quite transparent and quite, quite, um, uh, uh, I suppose it's, it's such a unique journey for the individual. Recovery is going to be up and down. Um, it's not going to be, uh, it, it, it certainly won't be smooth, but it would be transitional over time. Um, and what, what, what is quite important with kind of supporting someone with depression is, is having that conversation, trying yeah. to kind of destigmatize the, the experience of depression. I think, you know, half of the population of the UK, you know, have, have got kind of low mood or depression. Um, I think it's quite a common feature. I think people sometimes can shy away from having conversations about depression because, you know, they don't feel well informed. They or they they may have had experiences themselves and and not necessarily want to go into the depths um, of, of depression because they 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 may be faced with, oh, you know, I was there at one point. I don't want to go back there, so maybe if I don't talk about it, I won't kind of transport back there. But that, I suppose, that's not the case. It's, it's actually if you if you talk about it, if you if you develop support plans. So I, I suppose from a, a, a working perspective, it'd be a wellness action plan to discuss kind of how if I'm if I'm if I'm not working or if I if I'm feeling quite low in mood, actually how how does how do people that you work with respond to you? And it's, it's about communicating and that clear communication, being open and, and not, not holding that stigma towards That's really interesting because if people have medical conditions, there is a care plan in place. Yeah. What we would probably be better doing is at school and in the workplace and in our home environment, having a care plan in place because emotions are up and down. So if people have felt so low that they want to take their life, we don't want to get them back down to that, that, that level. And yeah. we want them to, if, if they may get down, we want to be able to, what can we do in a care plan to help them get on a road to recovery, be back on that road to recovery? Yeah. And actually by doing that, you're able to identify the early warning signs or the, the potential triggers along the way. So... I suppose at some point when the, the clinical features are managed by medication, then the psychological kind of stuff can start. So it would be kind of engaging with the counsellor and actually discussing how you got to that point. That's really important. The reflective side is really important. I know it's very, I suppose it's, it's really normal um, that, that something quite traumatic you want to avoid, um, you know, evidence suggests that you know with trauma you don't necessarily avoid the situation again because that can make it worse so actually yeah you reflect and you work out how you got from there to, to the attempting your life to where you are now and actually you try and reflect and, and learn and how can I prevent that from happening in the future and therefore you're responding and you're building resilience having gone through that experience so you're stronger for it. So yeah, it's, 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 it's a transformation of experience. So you, 
you know, you, you can turn it into a positive. It, it can be turned into a positive, um, but you have to, I suppose it's having the right support around you, um, having the confidence in yourself and actually trusting yourself again, which is, is quite hard. That's amazing advice, actually, Declan. And it's all about building resilience and building that person's resilience and spotting the signs and understanding when people are feeling low and bringing everyone into that conversation and into the recovery. Mm. Because if everybody's involved, everybody around this person in the workplace, in the home environment, as well as with friends, the road to recovery is going to be much easier, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And and people, people have slight, slight blips, let's say, where they're yeah. going up and then they come back down a little bit. But it's important to have people around them when they go back down. Yeah. Like, this is just a blip. You know, you're not back where you were. You're not, you're not becoming unwell again. It's a blip. Because the amount of times that I've worked with people who have um, experienced kind of low mood and, and, and then gone back slightly, they think, I'm going to have a full-blown relapse. And then... The anxiousness starts to kind of creep yeah. in, and it, it, it kind of amplifies the situation. So having that that that, um, that safe sounding board to, to bounce back, that actually you know this is this is part of your recovery. This is this is part of the transition. You don't expect to just go all the way up. You know, this is, if you're if, if you're recovering well as you should be, um, you're going to expect to live. A normal part of the transition. That is absolutely brilliant advice. So what we need to do is understand that opening up the conversation with this person, not hiding the fact that they tried to take their life, because if we don't talk about it, it's almost like this big taboo. Brush it under the carpet. That's what we used to do back in the 80s and the 70s. Not brushing it under the carpet and you know, realising that we need to help this person and let this person know that we are there to support them. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And that, I, I absolutely love your advice there. So thank you very much, Declan. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I, I, I don't know whether um, everybody is aware, but low mood tends to be past-based and uh, anxious or anxiety tends to be future-based. So actually, if you're talking to an individual and, you know, what they're talking about is quite important. So if, they're, if, if their time frame is they're talking about things in the past, it would be low mood potentially related. If they're worried about things happening or haven't happened yet, then actually they're feeling more anxious. So sometimes splitting up the two uh, experiences is quite important, but they often are intertwined. So, you know, having that little bit of kind of knowledge is helpful in determining kind of where their mind is at. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. So Declan has continued the conversation of suicide. So thank you for that. And we need to open up these conversations. We need to help people. We need to get those statistics down. At the moment, there are 15 suicides a day in the UK. Actually, that was pre-COVID, maybe different now. That's more than road fatalities. So let's open up those conversations. Let's talk to people and let them understand we're there to help. So thank you, Declan. Um, you've given us some really insightful information there. And next time, Benny's back. Benny's gonna to bring together all of the suicide and we're gonna talk a bit more about facts and interesting information about suicide so that we can open those conversations and let people know we're there to support.
Thank you very much, Declan. That's right. Pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the chat. If you found any of the tips useful, follow Mental Health Chats. Thank you. Thank you.